Morning Church, welcome uh, to another Church at Home service. We're so excited for you uh, to be joining us this morning and uh, we're excited to worship with you. Taryn is going to be leading us um, with, with worship this morning with the team and we just say a big thank you to you guys for the sacrifice that uh, you've done and to, to come and practice and uh, to shoot this thing and so we're really excited to be able to worship uh, with them. Um, during the service today we're going to be breaking or we're going to be breaking bread and uh, Greg is going to be leading us in that, so I encourage you as a family uh, to do it as a family activity, just a remembrance of Jesus and uh, something special to do as a family. So when you're hearing this, quickly run to the kitchen, grab something, uh, grab some bread, grab some juice, and prepare it just in, in while you're watching this. So when it does happen, that you don't have to push pause. <laughs> you can't push pause in the presence of God, but anyway, but you can't push pause on YouTube. So... I encourage you just to 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 bring it forward, and uh, yeah, something that cool that we've uh, learned a new thing with Dave and their family is that he broke the piece of bread and he gave it to each of his family, and it's just a cool symbolic thing that we can do as a family. The next thing we're exciting, uh, exciting news um, for for us getting back to back to church in a, in a sense, back to um, meeting together. Uh, my dad, I just had a picture just going down. Um, towards the lagoon and seeing a yacht and uh, in the yacht it had um, no sails up and you just felt God say uh, to us as eldership team that it's time to to put up the sails and start to move forward and so we really feel God that we've really trusted God that we move at the right time and the right moment and really feel that God is beginning to do something stir something in our hearts and so we're excited to announce that we'll be slowly but surely this month getting back to meeting on a Sunday morning uh, um, and so obviously it'll be limited to 50 people, so you have to book um, in advance, but all these details will be coming in the next one or two weeks. And uh, so get excited, get expectant um, for, for, for coming back as, as a people to be able to, to worship. And then finally we have... Um, before or after my dad preaches this this morning, I'm just carrying on with the series that we're on. Um, Khabi Pinar is going to be opening for the kids. And uh, Khabi, please tell your dad to, to cut his hair. Um, the other day I saw him driving past me. I really th thought I saw Jesus in the other car. So, and I just, yeah, so please tell your dad to cut his hair and his beard. Um, so, yeah, we're excited to, to meet this morning with you. And uh, I just felt this, just one scripture. In, in Psalms 18 and uh, just this whole thing with Joshua and says Psalm 18 verse 36 it says you set me free from captivity and now I'm standing complete ready to fight some more so let's just stand as we worship. Maybe you feel like you've just been fighting the whole time. And uh, just be encouraged with that, that scripture. Um, we're ready to fight some more this morning. So be blessed and uh, let's go into his time of worship.
making them bow low at my feet. So let's just, as we sing, I put my faith in Jesus. Let that be a, a declaration for you as a family, for you as an individual, for you watching right now, wherever you might be, that we put our faith in Jesus. That the enemy that is surrounding you, the enemy that is feel like you've lost in this, this, this battle, it's time to stand up as a people and say we put our faith in Jesus, we put our faith in you. So Father, as we sing this, I pray, Lord, a faith just begin to stir in our hearts, Lord, a faith to rise up, an army to rise up, your church equipped, Father, armored, full ready, ready for battle, chasing, destroying every enemy. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that the enemy will begin to flee. Poverty will flee. Um, unfaithfulness will flee, Father. I pray for that people will stand up with faith, Father, and trusting in the name of Jesus. As we call upon your name, Father, we know, Lord, that you say that you are here with us. In Jesus' name.
and it says pause in my presence and this week as I've been preparing for worship I really just felt God stir me just to say just pause open up your and let Jesus just come and minister to you so we just pray this morning that as we just take a moment to pause um, without any words just that Jesus would come, that his presence would fill where you are right now, that he would minister to your heart. So Jesus, we pause in your presence and just say, come Lord, have your way. So 
much. Um, yeah, it's really good to, to be here and um, just after hearing the picture that Nick had, um, just about us getting going as a body again, I'm really excited and uh, look forward to seeing everybody back here again. So um, yeah, just get out of your sleepy homes and just make sure you come back to church and we see you uh, once we get started again. Um, so I've been asked to just break bread and um, just to perhaps bring something in line with that and just uh, what I felt this morning, uh, just in spending a bit of time with God, was often it's a, a sullen thing. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying as a body that when we break bread, we sullen, but often it appears to be a sullen thing. And I just felt God sharing with me the great joy there actually is in, in breaking bread and just communing as a, as a body together. And what happened is at the Last Supper, Jesus broke bread and um, he asked, Asked God to bless it as a representation of his body that was broken uh, at the cross and he then took the wine and he gave thanks for it as a representation of his blood that was spilled at the cross and the incredible thing was that he did this all for us and just as Taryn was saying earlier on, just about pausing. And I'd like you guys just to pause for a second this morning. And I often think about this and think what an incredible deal this was that Jesus actually gave up his life for us so that we could uh, be saved, so that we would go on into eternity. And that's got to be the best deal that I've ever heard of in my entire life. So, Father, we just want to thank you for that. Lord God, thank you for giving up your son Jesus. Jesus, uh, to die at the cross for our sins and through that came the salvation plan and uh, the amazing thing is is that not only does it bring us salvation but it brings us life and joy so just this morning uh, I'd like us to stop and pause for a moment and just allow God to fill our hearts uh, with that joy so Father we just want to pray and ask that you'd bless this uh, just as a reminder of what your son Jesus did for us at the cross we just want to give thanks for the blood that was spilt at the cross by your son Jesus and we just want to thank you for the resurrection because that's where the power lies so through the resurrection of Jesus Christ came life and the joy that goes with it so we just want to thank you for that today Lord thank you guys it's awesome and it's wonderful to be here this morning and um We'll see you soon. Good morning, church. Um, this morning is my good pleasure and privilege to bring the, the Word of God. Uh, thank you for dialing in. I wonder if we could just commit this time to prayer. And uh, I like that uh, what came through worship, that we, at times in life, we need, we need a pause. And, and we need a pause on the, the important things of life. So, Father, we, we just quieten ourselves now, Lord. We prepare our hearts. For your word, Lord, we know your word is, is life, it builds, it strengthens, it, it frees us, Lord, and uh, we ask, Lord, that you would, your word would be quickened in our, in our hearts and spirits, Lord, and do the necessary dividing and, and, and work that you send it for, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 
So this morning I want to, I want to look at a passage in line with um, uh, breaking, breaking through the enemy lines. And I've titled this morning, Freedom in Believing. And I was just looking at a passage out of, out of John. And John 4, 46 to 54. It was a time when Jesus again had come down to Cana. And Cana was a pl- the place where he, uh, Jesus did his first miracle, turned the water into wine. And he came back there again and uh, he did the second miracle, the second sign that Jesus uh, showed there. And the, the story goes, it's of uh, as he came into, as he was at Capernaum, there was an official whose uh, son was ill and says that the son, uh, when the man heard that Jesus had come there, um, he went up to Jesus and asked him to come down and heal him for, we, for the son was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, Come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was going, his servants met him um, and told him that his son was recovering. And so he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him, and the father knew that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son, will, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. And this is now the second sign that Jesus did when he came from, Galilee, from Judah to Galilee. And as I was just reading that passage, there was just something so freeing in, in, in that story. Um, where it says that he believed and he went on his way. And, you know, you kind of ask ourselves, you know, how many times do we sometimes get stuck on something and, and we, we can't move on? And we first need to see something. Like Jesus said, well, you, you know, you, you like those, you first need to see signs and wonders and then you will believe. And only then can I, can I move on. And we know that we see in this story that the official son was on the point of death. So it was a so a serious, a serious matter, and he, he goes to Jesus, and um, and Jesus says, "Go, your son will get better." And I just love that he says he believed and went on his way. Um, so, you know, faith is is able to move on, knowing that Jesus watches over His word, that Jesus is faithful in, in, in everything. Um, and, you know, faith sees the unseen. And I love that where the man believes and he, and he, and he heads back home with expectation. Faith, faith when, when we're living in a place of faith, we live with expectation in our hearts that something's, uh, that, that very thing that we're trusting for, the certainty of the thing, it's, it's coming. And what happens is he's met on the way, the servants come, and they tell him the information that your son has started recovering. Um, and I was just reading that, that passage, and, um, and hence, you know, the title of my message this morning is Freedom, Freedom in Believing, that when we believe, we break through. And, uh, but, you know, how many of us sometimes we, um, we kind of get stuck at some point, 
And you know, maybe even you're sitting there and you're finding it difficult to, to move on. You're bogged down, preoccupied, cons consumed by stuff. And I'm just trusting it for today. Uh, today we will be uh, a breakthrough. You know, the, the, Jesus said, you, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we can get stuck in so, so many things. I just think of, you know, stuff like, you know, you might be stuck in indecision or, or procrastination. And uh, in James, Jesus said, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed and turned by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And, uh, and I'm sure we've, we've all been in that place at, at times where we're trying to make a decision and you, you kind of tossed and turned and, 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 and what, what the scripture is saying, we, we, need to, we need to seek God. God gives us wisdom in abundance, but when he gives us wisdom, we just need to believe it. And, and, and like this gentleman, move on and uh, move, into, move into that freedom. But sometimes we stay in that place of indecision and procrastination. And it, it's, uh, it's, I've been there a number of times and it's a very frustrating uh, uh, place to be. Uh, you know, we can be in a place of stuck in, stuck in uncertainty. The world that we live in today is not a, it's not a certain world. It's, it's, it's fraught with uncertainty at, at every level. Uh, the only cert certain thing in this world is is Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I love where, where uh, uh, Moses is handing over the, about to hand over the baton to, to Joshua, and God says to, uh, um, to, to Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous. Do, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Um, and just like in those days, they were facing daunting things. We, we, we face daunting times and daunting issues. And, um, and um, like that official was at, at, that, at that point of, point of death, and maybe, maybe you're sitting there at a point of, of uh, but desperation. Uh, but God has spoken that. He spoke that word to, to Joshua. He speaks it to us. Uh, today, because he wants us to have confidence that, that he will bring us through, he will give us the victory. And, but above that, he says, I will, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. But you know, sometimes we, we live in a place of, of forsakenness and abandonness and, and we can't move on into, into that which God has got, got before, before us. And uh, yeah, and so it, it takes faith to believe that what God says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Um, if we don't believe that, we get stuck, we get stuck, yeah, um, instead of living the life that we, we ought to live. You know, we can get stuck in, we can get stuck in uh, pure failure. When God said to, to Joshua, you know, now go across the Jordan and go, go and take the promised land and go and take, go and take your inheritance. What he said to him is, you know, go and, go and put your foot in, in, a, in a raging river. And not many of us want to put our foot in a river that's going to sweep us away. And, uh, and, but Joshua did. He did it in faith. 
and, and God backed up his word and, and backed, up the, backed up the river. And imagine if Joshua never went and never put his foot in the river, he would still be on the other side of the Jordan waiting for the river, waiting for the sign, when's this river going to stop flooding and then I can go across. And, but fortunately, Joshua put his foot in and he took many people with him. And that was God's, so we're not, we can get not to be stuck in your failure or the into the promised land, they came back with a report and the whole, uh, all the other tribe members except for Joshua and Caleb were, were full of unbelief and, and they started rebelling and it's actually Joshua and Caleb had to go to them and say, don't, you know, guys, don't, do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection is moved from them and the Lord is with us. Do not, do not fear, fear them. But even that, even as he went before his own people, and the own people also wanted to stone him. <laughs> and uh, so he needed, he needed, he couldn't be fearful of the people in the land, and he couldn't be fearful of the people that he was leading. He had to lead with, with courage and boldness, and, and knowing that, that God would do what God says he would do. And that's what God did. He says, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all of the people of, of Israel. So Joshua moved forward, Caleb moved forward, the Israelites, because of the fear of man, um, they got stuck and, uh, and, and never went into their, their inheritance. And God said to, to, to Joshua, you know, keep the word before you and, and you will be successful. And that's what, what Joshua did. He, uh, he was a man of, of faith. Uh, we can get stuck in, in toxic relationships. Uh, you go and read in, in Joshua, Joshua chapter 9, where um, they, they had now conquered Jericho, they'd conquered Ai, and the people had heard about, you know, that <laughs> you know, they next on the list. And um, the Gibeonites heard about this, and, and they thought, well, look, you know, they're just going to be, you know, God has, God has spoken, and this is going to happen. And so they plotted a, what's a, a deception, and what you call it, they were the, the great pretenders. And they, they, they pretended that they came from a faraway land, and they, they dressed up in clothes as though they'd been on a long journey, their food was stale, and uh, they presented themselves to, to Joshua and said to Joshua, look, you know, we've come from a far, faraway country, we can see that God is with you, and... Uh, you know, let's make a covenant and you look after us. And uh, Joshua made a covenant with them. And uh, only to find out that they, they weren't pro-Joshua, pro they were actually his neighbors who had ill intents for them. And, uh, and so sometimes we can get caught up in a, a toxic relationship. And, um, and maybe, maybe you're sitting there and you, you're caught up in a business kind of venture or business relationship where it's kind of toxic as well, you know, kind of, uh, it's, not, it's not really working um, for you or maybe even an unhealthy friendship or uh, even, even in marriage. But, uh, you go and read this story and uh, one thing you see that uh, Joshua had made a covenant with the people and, and they never went back on the covenant. God, we've we got to be a covenantal people, but what Joshua did do 
is he made adjustments to the relationship and actually the Gibeonites then became woodcutters and carriers of wood. And so instead of their relationship being parasitic, it became a kind of productive thing in, um, in, uh, for, the, for, for the good of all. Um, so we, we need to, um, yeah, we mustn't get stuck. Uh, we can get stuck in the past of unforgiveness and, you know, injustices and, uh, you know, we see that in our own country, you know, and it's time to move on. We need to, we need to move on and put things behind us and deal with offenses, disappointments. And it's when we believe in the, wor- the word, we can move into, into freedom. But, you know, quite sometimes the, the truth is an inconvenient truth. We believe the truth to a point, but when we get something that's going to have a profound effect on us and, uh, and change things radically in our lives, well, that's actually when hypocrisy in our lives actually is um, um, the light is shone on it. And uh, um, we need to deal with stuff before the cross. You know, it's, it's, uh, the, the God's wisdom is, is shown in the cross. And it's a place where the Jews stumble, the, the, the um, the Greeks thought it was foolishness, um, but we need to know that when we deal with stuff and uh, at the cross and we, we allow things to, to be taken off us and nailed to the cross, which Jesus did, we find life other side of the cross and uh, we, can, we can move on. So, um, yeah, there are many, many things. So maybe just to look at, you know, how, how do we... How do we get unstuck? And I've got a couple of points, and I'm sure there, there are many others. But I, uh, when I think of getting stuck, uh, I always, thought, always used to think it's a great, great adventure to get stuck in sand or, or stuff like that. And it's kind of it was fun. But I, I remember uh, a number of places where we got stuck. And one was in, um, in Agullis. And I think it was just out of school. And I kind of borrowed my uncle's bucky, and we went driving on the on the beach, but the, the one beach we rode was on, it had these pebble stones. And you quickly find out that when you ride on pebble stones, you, you don't have such good traction. And uh, we were riding on the slope and the tide was coming in and you know, we, we got to a place where we, the more we tried to get out of it, the more we started sliding down towards, towards the water. And by the grace of God, eventually we did get out of there with the help of others. And it just reminded me of uh, you know, when we, when we build our lives on, on half-truths, and just we've got, we got bits and pieces of stone. But actually, when you try and get out of that, you put your foot down and just start shooting your stones out of the back of through, <laughs> the wheels there, and uh, they become missiles more than, more than helpful. Another time was in Mozambique. Uh, I remember being stuck up to the, ankle, uh, up to the axle there and uh, in deep sand, and we had to be pulled out with a... Uh, pulled out of the grader. And yeah, so the, you know, the word says, you know, we, we do build our, our lives on the rock, build our lives on the word, and not on sand, uh, but, but on the rock. I've, you know, funny enough, I've seen people get stuck on a rock. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm talking about a rock, and it just jacks the car right up, and the wheels are just in the air, and they, they, they're just spinning. And, and that just reminds me of you know, times when we, we take a truth out of the scripture and we make it the main thing. And, uh, um, and the scripture encourages us that we, we need to believe 
the full counsel of the word, and we need to build our lives on, on the bedrock. And I've never seen a vehicle, I've never seen anyone get stuck in the full counsel of God. But I have seen people get stuck when they, when they major on a truth and make it everything and uh, move away from the, the full counsel of God. So the encouragement to us is that we need to, when you read the scriptures, we need to get the, the full counsel of the God. And even the, the inconvenient truths, we need to embrace those because when we push those aside, we, we start going on to shaky, shaky ground. Psalm 42 says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Now, Jesus wants our steps to be secure. He wants to take us out of the miry clay and put us on the rock. And the rock is, is the word. The rock is Jesus Christ. And we need to build our lives firmly and, uh, on that. And so it means of paying attention uh, to the full counsel of God. The second thing is, um, yeah, I think we, we yeah, if we're living in, if the areas of unbelief in our lives, we need to, we need to repent of unbelief. Unbelief is, is a sin. Not believing in the word, not believing in Jesus Christ is a sin. And we, need to, we need to go before God and we need to say to God, uh, forgive me for my unbelief. And uh, there's another story in Mark 9. It's of a, a man's son who's um, uh, he was plagued by an unclean spirit. He was, he was mute. And this unclean spirit used to throw him on the ground and try and throw him in the fire and the water and try and cause great damage to him. And um, the man had gone with his son to the disciples and they tried to deliver the man, but they couldn't deliver him. And eventually they bring the man to Jesus and Jesus looks at him and he says, oh, you know, uh, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? Bring him here. And, uh, and he, he delivers him, but eventually the man, the, the, before that the man says, you know, if, if you can, um, or if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. He kind of says, if you can, all things are possible. And it says there that the, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. What did he believe? Um, I'm not quite sure because it kind of says, <laughs> but uh, I think he, he believed then that all things are possible. But he was saying, Lord, just help me in my unbelief. And sometimes we need to go before God and we need to say to God, look, and acknowledge unbelief in our lives because we're stuck in unbelief. We can't move on. We need to just say, Lord, please forgive me for my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. And uh, so we can, we can move, move forward. Unbelief causes us to shrink back and be destroyed. Faith perseveres and, and gets a reward. third thing we can do is, is help from others. Um, I was downtown the other day, just, uh, you know, I was just driving, uh, gone quickly downtown. I said to Viv, I'll be back with the car at half past nine. I think it was nine and half an hour. And so I had to be quick. But on the way, uh, I saw a, a guy, a courier vehicle, um, 
and the driver of the vehicle was behind. I don't, no one was steering it, and he was pushing the car. And everyone was just passing, and I thought, no. And it, you know, it's, I, I didn't really have the time, so I pulled off, and I said, can I help you? And I said, look, jump in the car, and I'll push you. And I and, uh, pushed for about 30 meters, tried to push start, and the thing wouldn't start, and I pulled on the side of the road and took out the jumper leads and tried to jump it, and that didn't work. And eventually said, look, I've got a tow rope. And I uh, took the tow rope, and he tied a particular knot. And I said, look, I'll tow you. I towed him down to, to Speedy. And um, yeah, then he unhooked the, the, the tow rope, and it kind of had a knot that, because normally when I tow a car, it's, you can never get the knot out. And he had some special knot, and I, I just said to him, look, how did you do that knot? And he showed me, and, and he said, oh, uh, kind of as I said to us, he said, well, yeah, you help me, I help you. And I thought, oh, that's quite cool. And, we, and it just kind of reminded me again that we, we need each other. Uh, you know, if you kind of uh, don't want to get stuck in this life, try and go it on your own. Try and go through thick, thick sand or whatever it is without four by four. Have your, have your friends around you and have others that you, that you can call on. Um, um, yeah, we need each other, and we need the help of the Holy Spirit, and it's often just the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit that we, we, we often negligent of, and uh, it's the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth. It's, it's, um, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of stuff. It's, uh, uh, he, he's our power. He's our dunamis, and uh, we need to... We need to call on the Holy Spirit to, um, yeah, just to come. And as we lift up our sails in faith, just allow him to fill our, fill our sails and, and to, to move, us, move us forward. Um, prophetic words is another thing. You know, to take our prophetic words. And I remember um, Sean and Denny, uh, it's the time of the year, they were desperate. They'd been waiting for a child for for many years, and many of us know the story. And uh, there was a cry, cry in their heart. And uh, uh, I remember one day, Keir Taylor, um, Keir and Kelly Taylor coming down here, and they'd spent a, for, for a weekend and to minister in the life of the church. And we just had uh, Christmas in July. And Denny had been very insistent that we needed um, poinsettias, that we, we all had to bring poinsettias and put them on the tables. and. And Keir didn't know that. And on the Sunday morning, he stands up and he's preaching. And in the middle of that, he stops and he says, I, 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 see, I see a woman standing on a balcony. Um, and I, can't, I don't know if they're poinsettias, or, but I, I see poinsettias. Uh, I don't know if they were before her or behind her. And he says straight away there, I want to say to this woman, prepare your house for a child. And as he said that, Denny just broke into tears and um, it, something happened. Just faith was stirred again. And that's what the prophetic does. It, it's, it, it opens our eyes to the future and what God sees. And, and, it's, it's, and they started preparing the house and boom, voila, there was Emma. And uh, so, yeah, just take the prophetic words and... and, and pray them into being and um, yeah so I just felt for that for us to um, um, 
Believing is freedom. When we believe that the man believed the word of God and he went on his way. God doesn't want us stuck. Um, doesn't want us living in a place where we feel forsaken and abandoned and where we, we're stuck in an identity or, or stuff like that. We need to believe the words that our Father has spoken over us and we, so we can get on with our lives and take um, our rightful place and inheritances. So I wonder if we, yeah, let's just commit this time to prayer. And, um, but I think the important thing for each one of us is, you know, when you read the word, you know, just pray, pray for revelation. And it's not just word. And you, you need to get, we need to get our own, that God does something. You know, God, um, you know, Paul was stuck in religion. And the light of the gospel came. And it, it broke him out of that. And the grace of God, and he, he, he got a, he came into relationship with Jesus Christ. And, uh, and the whole tone and everything of his life changed and he became a blessing. God doesn't want us stuck. So Father, Lord, we, we come before you this morning, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that Holy Spirit, that you would blow in us afresh, Lord. You've fallen us afresh, Lord. Father, where maybe we've been paddling our, our own boat, Lord, and trying to do things in our own steam, on our own, in proud independence. Lord, we repent of that. We repent of um, our pride. And even where, Lord, that maybe at times we don't even ask people, Lord, and... Um, we humble ourselves, Lord, and, and know, Lord, that we need each other. We need you. We call unto you this morning, Lord. And um, Father, I, I pray, Lord, for, for those, Lord, that, that need encouragement, that need a push, Lord, that uh, just, Father, where people may be stuck, Lord, um, that you would lift people out, Lord, and put them on a firm foundation that you'd bring words to mind, Lord, that maybe even just to say that something might resonate, that you, you, this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I'm well pleased, whom I love. I pray for these things, Lord, and Lord, I, I pray for those, Lord, that maybe are, maybe you're looking in and You've never given your life to, to Jesus and you're stuck in a, in a sinful life. You're stuck in a rut and that rut is going to lead to death. The scriptures are very clear of that, that the wages of sin is death, and, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I believe right now that, that Jesus would be putting out his hand to you. And all he's looking is for you in faith to put your hand out to him that he might be able to pull you forth. And I'm asking if you would not do that this morning in faith. Commit. Put your hand out. Lift your hands up and surrender in commitment and say, Lord, I need you.
I give my life to you. I'm yours. I will no longer be stuck in guilt. I will no longer be stuck in unforgiveness. I believe that by your blood and your sacrifice, my sins are atoned for, and guilt will not keep me from this day forth. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray, Lord, for your spirit to be upon us in great measure. I pray for refreshing right now, Lord. Refresh us, Lord. Just the winds of heaven, Lord. I pray for our, just we're stuck in mindsets, Lord, and I pray for a renewing of minds, Lord, by your Spirit. Move in us, Lord, in Jesus' name.